This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for listening in today. I am Beverly Isla, your host. Our guest today is Elizabeth Menegon, founder of Hands Two Paws. She will be discussing two important issues that will help decrease dogs from ending up at shelters. One is choosing ethical breeders if you go that route so that health issues with the dogs are minimized. Two is how to choose the right type of dog based on your lifestyle to minimize incompatibility. So when we get back from these messages, we will hear from Elizabeth Menegon. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with founder of the app Hands to Paws, Elizabeth Menegon. Thank you for talking with me today. Thank you, Beverly. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. (laughs) Thank you. Now, I like the goals This app is accomplishing to guide people looking for dogs without being impulsive. And it's helping people make the two biggest decisions when it comes to looking for their canine partner, what kind of dog, and from where. So how did you come up with this matching app idea? Well, I think I did it really for the benefit of the dogs. I was feeling bad seeing the same breed in different scenarios but the outcome is the same so living in the city i'm seeing dogs that are not city dogs they're not apartment dogs so i would see them unmanageable people trying to walk them on a leash jumping on people in the lobby just really hard to handle and it was something i was seeing just repeatedly different families different people but the same breed of dog there's two dogs in particular And one day I saw three of the same breed from my parking complex to my apartment. And I walked in my apartment and I said, don't people realize what they're doing? They are getting dogs that don't work for apartment life. And I said, there must be an app. There's gotta be something to help people. And this was on a Wednesday. So I went online and I started looking and there was actually no app that was specific to helping someone through a couple of questions and finding them the right breed. And I was absolutely shocked. So I sent out a couple of emails, got five responses, and the one app developer said, before we have a conversation, we have to sign a non-disclosure. And I said, this is the guy I wanna work with. 
Mm. And it, so basically it was really feeling bad for the dogs, looking at these dogs that have got this pent up energy that are living in an apartment that are deemed uncontrollable, hard to manage. Well, they're uncontrollable and hard to manage because they're herding dogs and they should be living, you know, in a home with in the suburbs. So right. that's how it all that's how it all started. It was for the benefit of the dogs, not the people. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't sound very nice when I say it out loud. That's okay. I completely understand. I was feeling for the dog. Ah. Now for those that look for dog without considering all of this, their lifestyle and the dog traits, like what are some of the common setbacks that occur? Obviously you've seen it. Sure. Dogs that sure. aren't behaving. Well, it's interesting when you talk about this, you know, they, they say you never talk about uh, religion and politics. Well, I've added dogs to that list because if you say you want to get a dog, it, you're opening up an entire realm of people that are very fired up because we all personally, it's, it's a personal feeling for people, right? Puppies are a common language. You can walk down the street and everyone will smile at you if you're walking a puppy. So... Mm -hmm. What's happening is if you ask a person, if you ask 10 people, where would you buy a dog if you were looking? People will say, I don't know, a pet store. I don't know, online. The first reaction is not from a breeder or from a responsible breeder. It's just, it's a world people don't understand. Mm -hmm. So when you want to buy a dog, you think, okay, well, 40% of referrals of dogs are from people they know that own a dog. So if I bought a dog from a pet store, which is a puppy mill dog, 99.9% .9 of dogs that are in pet stores all originate from puppy mills, you're gonna end up with potentially a sick animal because of where you got it from. So if people don't know what to do, they're not gonna say, gee, we love to travel. Should we get a dog that loves to travel? People never plan to buy a dog. People spend more time researching restaurants and where to go on vacation. Dogs are an impulse purchase. The, the industry hopes that you walk into a pet store and say, can I see that puppy? You're halfway, you're halfway through the sale. Mm -hmm. So when someone is looking for a pet, the first thing you say is, what kind of pet do I want? Do I want a pet that's going to sit on the sofa with me? Or am I a runner? Do I want a dog that's going to be out, you know, doing obstacle courses with me? I want to travel. Do I want to be able to put a pet under the front seat in front of me? Do I have terrible allergies? So there are very basic rudimentary questions that people fail to ask themselves. Yeah, to me, it's very like it's common sense, but it is. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> it, you'd think it was common sense, but 60% of owners surrenders to shelters meaning 60% of the people who walk in with a dog are the wrong breed or their medical issues that, mm -hmm. the, that the shelter eventually in vetting the dog finds out they're sick and then they have to raise funds. And it's all because they originated either from a backyard breeder or a pet store. Right, right. So asking yourself, what do I want out of this dog? Do I want to brush this dog? Does this dog need to go out all day long? I have a seven pound dog that works perfectly with my lifestyle, but my dog wouldn't be for any, for someone else who loves to go jogging with their Vishala. 
So it's, you have to ask yourself, what do I expect from this dog and what would I love? And when you have a dog that meets those expectations, you know, you do a disservice to a dog if you just say, oh my God, it's absolutely adorable. Well, every puppy's adorable, but you have no idea that you just bought a dog that needs to be groomed every month for yeah. $80. You know, there's all of these things that go with it. And just because the dog is cute doesn't mean it's right for you. Exactly. And I see that in uh, in uh, Belgian Melanois. Malinois. I don't know how to pronounce that. A lot of people want that because of their athletic abilities and, you know, their protective um, traits, but yet <laughs> they're not super active. And they shed. So if mm. you've got, if you've got an issue with shedding, if you've got an issue with barking, there are many amazing breeds. If you're athletic, get an Azawak, get a Salugi. These are beautiful breeds that are in the greyhound type that'll run with you for hours. Oh my gosh, you mentioned barking. You, you know, what are breeds that don't bark a lot? <laughs> I've never... Goodness. Can you imagine getting a breed that... Getting a beagle? A beagle is... Oh my gosh, yes. Barking. You'll be thrown out of your apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, these are the things... And, and I don't know if you took time to look at the app, but again, it's basic rudimentary questions. How big of a dog do you want? Did you know that if you got yourself... 120 pound dog that that's a 120 pound dog that you need to relieve in your yard four times a day. Yeah, you, yeah. Are, are you going to clean that up? Cause you need a snow shovel, not like a, a, little, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a little plastic bag. So again, it's size shedding activity level. You can have a very small dog, but it has a very high drive for herding like a Corgi. So when you're in your apartment, and you're complaining that the dog is running after your kids and sort of nipping the back of their heels or trying to pull all the sofa cushions off the sofa, it's because they're trying to herd by nature. So you're taking an animal that isn't doing what it's supposed to do, and you're trying to put it in, a, in an environment that just doesn't work. And that doesn't mean there isn't you know, great endings and great stories, but you set yourself up already with a breed that may not work for you. Right, right. Yeah, and I'm glad that that app really does hone that in because that's super critical. And I notice you guys do have rescue dogs in there. How do you guys work with rescue organizations? Like, how do you get that in your data? So what we did was the algorithm. So the algorithm that was created to recommend a breed for someone, that same algorithm is used for the rescues but we pulled the information from two major resources that rescue groups use. So PetFinder, these are resources that rescue groups put their pets on. So we pulled from that, but we use the same algorithm. So if you want a tiny non-shedding dog under 20 pounds, it will recommend within a 200 mile radius of your VPN. So it doesn't just pull up every rescue dog. It uses the same algorithm to weed out. It's just for rescues. Oh, okay. So it's not like you have to call each rescue organization one by yeah. one. And, okay. No. Well, that makes it a little simpler. Well, a lot simpler. So, I mean, you still have to reach out. There's all, you know, there's a protocol for, for adopting a dog, but I wanted to, by nature, I'm, you know, I'm an empath. And when it comes to animals, you know, I'm, I'm just extremely aware of 
of what's out there, what's happening. And I wanted to be able to have a resource for people to to adopt as well. There would have been too much blowback from that universe if we had a, an app that only recommended pure breed dogs. Okay. That, that would have created a problem. So, you know, the narrative of adopt, don't shop is really a double-edged sword. And I've, I've been at the brunt end of many hostile people with, you know, trying to bring up this adopt, don't shop. And I always ask people, where do you think dogs and shelters originate from? And it's not catastrophes like, you know, what's happening in Kentucky or floodings or fires. Dogs and shelters come from backyard breeding, hoarding situations, backyard breeders that get shut down, and also owner surrenders. So people right out of the gate are like, well, you shouldn't buy a dog. You should adopt one. Well, you should adopt one, but let's get to the core of why, of where dogs originate from yeah, that exactly. end up in shelters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Once you get started, it's interesting. When you talk about the app, people don't really realize what the app does and what it can prevent. I saw a problem and the solution was, let's create an app that will match people with the right breed. And here's the most important element. Number one, the app is free. My heart was in the right place. Once you introduce money, it gets corrupt. This is all about doing the right thing to guide people to get the right dog. The element of this app, which is the best, is once you're matched with a breed, you will click on the picture of the dog and you are brought directly to the breed-specific association. The breed-specific association has bylaws. These people you don't want to mess with. These are the people that breed dogs to show. These are people that are handlers. These are people that are all about the integrity of the breed. So you know that if you're getting a dog through the breed association, if you've got, if you have a bad experience, that news will travel like wildfire. And that is the last person you want to upset. Because they see these people at regional dog shows, national dog shows. They will, it's like a scarlet letter. This is a place you do not want to fool around with. And they've got their own set of bylaws that you must adhere to, otherwise you get kicked out. And getting kicked out of an association is not a good thing. Well, that's a good thing that there's somewhat of a, a moat around that. And talking about breeders, we're just going to have a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about the ethics of breeding. And we'll continue talking with Elizabeth Menegon, founder of app, uh, Elizabeth Menegon, the founder of the app Hands to Pause. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E. 
T-R-A-Y dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio dot com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Elizabeth Menegon, founder of the app Hands to Paws, about two important issues that will help decrease dogs from ending up in shelters. So now let's talk about breeders with so many out there, reputable or not. Why is it important for people to really look into their ethical practices? What things should they be looking for? I know you started touching up on this. That's another four-hour conversation. I know, exactly. (laughs) So here's the thing. When you get a dog from a breeder, now I'm talking about a breeder that is in an association that is listed as a breeder. These people breed for not only the love of the dog and the love of the breed, it's the integrity of the breed. There's also breed standards because most of these people show or are handlers of show winning dogs. So that's the first place to start. When you get a dog from a responsible breeder, your breed will come with a contract that you must sign. It is a legal binding contract that basically says, amongst a few things, you cannot breed this dog. And under any circumstances, this dog must never be given to a shelter or rescue. It must go back to the owner. When you see that, you know that you're in the right place. Jeez, but the question is, if people will follow those rules, they would never know. It's, you know what, first of all, the internet has created a breeding ground, no pun intended, for fraud. Hybrid dogs, fraud, they'll show a cute puppy, you know, send us your security deposit. Most of that is fraud. On top of that, anyone who belongs to a breed association is not allowed to advertise that way. They're not allowed to give dogs away. They're not allowed to give dogs to a charity event. They're not allowed to advertise in the newspaper or online. They're not allowed really? to do that. No. So if you look at a breed-specific association, for instance, let's just say the Yorkshire Terrier Club of America. If you go on that association, you will see an entire a plethora of information all about the breed, the breed standard the colors, the size of the head, everything of what the breed standard should be. Then it'll talk about dog shows that are coming up that the dogs are in. Then there'll be a link that'll say referral or litters. And when you click on that, you will get a list. It could be a long list. It could be a short list, depending on the name. Some dogs you don't really hear a lot about, so there won't be a ton of breeders. They prefer it that way. But let's say Yorkshire Terrier, then most of the people that you see there will be people genetic testing. That doesn't mean that a dog that is born, a puppy that's born, can't be shown. That's called a a DQ, a disqualifier, or a fault. Just because a puppy was born, let's say, with two different colored eyes, if that's a breed fault, it makes the perfect house pet. So these people, the guarantee is this dog can never be bred because they don't want you crossbreeding all, with all this hybrid stuff. And they also don't want you to give the dog away. If you go to a pet store or a backstore breeder, there is no guarantee. 
Number one, you would never want to return a dog because they'll probably euthanize it or backyard breeders dump them in shelters. But if you have no guarantee and you haven't met the owner, the breeder, or done a Zoom call and they hold up the mother, the father, if you can't get on a plane or drive to see an animal, you take a risk. Right. For sure. For and sure. you should always see the parents. Always see the parents. And responsible breeders have nothing to hide. And they'll call you. How are you doing? How's the puppy? Please call me. Always email us. Send us photos. They want to know. When they're involved, that's a responsible breeder. And it's getting to the point now, Beverly, which is very interesting. Breeders know that people are getting dogs to crossbreed and sell hybrids, they will put you through the ringer asking you questions. It's like trying to find your, a babysitter. They're making sure that you know what you're getting into and that you're not there to get a dog because you want to go breed it with a Labradoodle, Golden Doodle, or God knows what else. So yeah. breeder, breeders are very particular about where their puppies end up. That's good. I mean, with all this popularity with the minis, mini that, mini this, yes. it reminds, it just puts in my head, is this even ethical? Because to breed minis, you're probably putting two runs together. You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> well, put it this way. There's no such thing as a Merle French bull. There's no such thing as half of those breeds. They're bred they're bred for commercialism. Those are all breed faults. You cannot have a dog, a certain breed with an eye color or a dapple color, or it's a fault. They're bred that way. If you saw a real chihuahua at a um, dog show, that's a chihuahua. Because oh, they don't that's look, totally different. Yeah, they look, because they're, they're so overbred, their characteristics are not the same. So it's important that you're getting a dog that is genetically sound. I bought a dog at a pet store 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. I can't think of anyone else that hadn't purchased a dog at a pet store. It's what you did. That's mm -hmm. all you really knew. And it ended up with, it was a miniature pincher. She had horrendous skin allergies. And it was because of poor breeding, because she came from a puppy mill in the Midwest. I don't even know if, if pet stores even, do they still exist? I haven't been in one in so many years. <laughs> they do. They do exist. It's unfortunate that they exist. They are all stocked by dogs that come from puppy mills. Breeders that belong to breed associations that breed for show. Handlers, they're not allowed to sell to a pet store. It's in their bylaws. So if you walk into a pet store and you see this cute little basset hound and they say, oh, it's from a breeder in Pennsylvania. Well, that's a, uh, the Amish are the number one offenders, believe it or not. I guess they used to make like popcorn in fireplaces and now all they do is breed sick dogs. Did not know that. Yeah. The Amish are the number one offenders. And if you go online to, there's an organization called, I think it's, it's a puppy mill rescue. They're out of Colorado and they'll post their freedom rides, which is the truck that pulls up. And all the puppies that they've just rescued from puppy mills. And it's all Shiba Inus. It's all poodles and dachshunds and corgis and French bulls. It's all of these poor souls that need critical dental care. They're bred until they end up with medical issues. Yeah, yeah. I know a few French bullies that unfortunately is, are not healthy. For those that have been ripped off by breeders, what tips do you have for them after the fact that they've already bought them? 
Well, I think we have to determine what ripped off means. So we can determine what that means. I can tell you what basically can happen if you go about things the right way. Number one, if you buy a dog from a pet store, and for whatever reason, you just didn't realize it came from a puppy mill, the first thing you need to do is get pet insurance. Your dog may not be sick now, but that doesn't mean five years from now, it's not going to end up with a heart condition. It's not going to end up with a, with a kidney problem. So the first thing you need to do is get pet insurance. If your dog becomes ill, the pet store, first of all, I wouldn't want to take it back because they probably would just euthanize it yeah. and give you another sick animal. So as far as some sort of what are you going to do for me, you have to cut your losses. So that's with a pet store. Now, if you answered an ad on Craigslist or, you know, someplace online, someone said, you know, Sugar Hills Kennels in Pennsylvania. First of all, you should be going there. You shouldn't just be buying a dog and then, you know, drive down to pick it up. You should be there to see where it's coming from. If your animal is sick, you need to let the kennel know that the animal is ill. They probably won't do anything about it because they're in it to make money, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to say, oh, give the dog back and we'll give you another one. Who wants to do that? You've bonded with your pet. If you've got children, your children are now attached. So you get health insurance. That's the only thing you can do if you were sold a bad, let's just say a bad dog. Right. Now, if you got a dog from a breeder, right, a breeder of show dogs, you contact them immediately. And depending on what it is, let's say your dog, you found out your dog has kidney disease, you have to let the breeder know. And then the breeder will either let me give you some money or do you want another dog, which you probably will say no. I think the only way to protect yourself is through pet insurance, knowing okay. that at least your pet is covered because they, pet insurance is relatively inexpensive. It goes by how much coverage you want. And Medical bills for pets are beyond, beyond expensive. You can walk in and right away, it's the $850 just to look at your pet. Yeah. And God forbid yeah. it's got a real medical issue. So if you say, well, you know, I feel like I got ripped off. It's what happened? Where did you get your pet? And where do you go from there? And my answer is always, you've got to get pet insurance because you'll never give it back. We do whatever we can for our poor animals. And I think that you could post something online if you found out something was actually a puppy mill. You could probably do a posting to say, beware, you know, the, the green, rolling green kennels in Pennsylvania is actually a puppy mill. You know, people say, well, if you didn't do your homework, well, what does that mean? You deserve it. You know, we sometimes people are trusting. People don't know. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people are, are just, I guess, innocently ignorant, if that's the word. It is. And people can, and people sometimes just want what they want. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter where it comes from. And I think that's the whole thing with the hybrid dogs and the whole thing that's happening there. You know, people are paying ten and $15,000 for a dog that actually doesn't exist. It was a dog mated with another dog that created this absolutely adorable dog. And now they want to sell it. Oh, when you put it that way, oh my God, a dog that never existed, but it's true. That's what happens, Jeez. right? So there was a rescue group that had two puppies. The woman is a backyard breeder. Do you remember the, you know, the puggle? The puggle oh, was a pug and a beagle. I've, yeah, I've heard about that. Okay, so, so that originated as an experiment. Let's just breed these two dogs. And they said, oh my gosh, this is great. People loved it. 
So everyone wants the next puggle, right? A multi-poo, a cockapoo. Yep. Those yep. are dogs. Those are hybrid dogs that were created that someone fell in love with. So a woman who's a backyard breeder down south bred a Chinese crested and a French bull. What? Yeah. Now, if you know the breeds, it's catastrophic to begin with because each breed has their own genetic issues. So she bred these two. She ended up with three puppies. She kept the really cute one and the other two she dumped at a rescue. And they look like little rhinoceroses. Oh, my gosh adorable they are going to have a lifelong of medical issues yeah oh i can just imagine so people end up with these animals that are unique and, and interesting do you know beverly how many beautiful purebred dogs there are that are absolutely unique and amazing you don't need to go and get a fifteen thousand dollar french bull slash chihuahua that looks like a fuzzy teddy bear that's rural with different colored eyes that is a commercialized dog it's, mm -hmm. it's like buying the latest handbag from hermes or something it's it doesn't exist it's created to sell but the problem is that's a 15-year commitment it's not an accessory yeah. dogs are sold yeah. today like accessories and it's wrong but people don't know and social media is feeding people Oh, remember, for back sure. in the day, remember back in the day, you'd see Paris Hilton with like a teacup chihuahua. It's not like that anymore. It's hybrid dogs or it's certain dogs that are not for everybody. Cana Corso, you're seeing a lot of TikTok videos with these massive dogs sitting next to two month old babies. Yeah, it's a dog that's also banned in a lot of apartment buildings for various reasons. One of them is it has to be a highly socialized dog. It can kill you very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm familiar with cane corsos. They're not condo dogs. Yeah. So we're marginalizing all these animals, right? We're marginalizing them and, and thinking they're great and they're fantastic, but it just doesn't, it's not for everyone. It just isn't. And if money is no object, if you just have cash to burn, then you can go buy a $50,000 dog. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's, but the average person doesn't. And when you look at the numbers, and you look at the shelters and you look at the puppy mills and you see the animals that are rescued. How nice is it to have a dog that fits your lifestyle that you can call the breeder and say, hey, I don't think this dog is feeling well and know that you're not going to get blown off, that they care about the well-being of the puppy that you just purchased. It makes a world of difference. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. If people took that route. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for all that information. It is a must education, I think, for everybody looking for a dog. But we are out of time, and I really appreciate you coming on today. And thanks thank to our you. show producer, Mark Winter, for making the show possible. You can view the website at hands2paws.com, also on the show page. Also, download the app to get a feel of what it has to offer. It's available in both iOS and Android. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please email me at beverly at petliferadio.com. So until next time, spread animal compassion. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.